This is Lonely Town. That means I'm Derek. He is Jimmy. Talking about Rebel Diamonds. Yeah, kind of first impressions. Um, who knows where else we might go, but that's that was the uh, basis when we got together what we're going to talk about. My first question for you, Jimmy, is when Rebel Diamonds was announced as the, the name of the album, um, what were your impressions? And secondly, do you like because uh, with the Killers, most of the albums are named after uh, either a lyric or a song. Do you like that, or do you like the the albums and and things of other groups and bands that are just kind of a random name that might not have anything to do with this, the the album, the songs? Well, when I think the first time I heard that this album was coming out was there was an interview he did with a radio host in Kentucky who's apparently a big deal that I never heard of, but he interviews all kinds of people that I wish we could interview. Uh, he posted it like a week early before he was supposed to, before it was announced. He posted this episode or in this interview with Brandon that Brandon did on the, on the side of the road on his phone. Uh, Brandon was saying that they were going to come out with the Greatest Hits album. I was like, oh, uh, that's kind of a surprise. Not what I was really expecting, but the impression that I got was it was kind of the record label's idea not necessarily the band's idea. So I, I was a little bit worried that it was just going to be a retread of, here's a bunch of songs you've heard before, but we're going to slap a new album picture on the and have a new cover album and uh, direct, direct hits too or something. I don't know what it was going to be, but... Search for Curly's Gold. The impression I got was that it wasn't going to, the band wasn't going to be that much into it. So I was definitely surprised when... We got what we got with it. The title I I like. It's a it's a great line pulled from one of the songs. Uh, I think it kind of it breathes some of that killer's feel to uh, these hit songs that are diamonds that uh, stand out in the night sky like a rebel diamond star <laughs> star that's blazing. And so I I think it's a a great choice as far as naming albums. I'm okay either way. I think the one thing I don't like is what Weezer has done. <laughs> With like they just have a color, <laughs> or uh, self-titled albums. I don't really like those. I'm glad there's not uh, the Killers album by the Killers. Whatever they want to call it, I'm fine with. It's you know having one of the song titles be the title track. I it kind of helps me remember which songs are which on which on which album better maybe. But I, as long as they have a real name and not something that's not actually printed on the label. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree. I I don't really have a preference. I don't know. I kind of agree on that Weezer thing, too. It, it is what it is, I guess. Sometimes it shows, like, you could say almost too much creativity or lack of creativity, depending on how you want to look at it. Of like, uh, just slap, what's the song on there? What's a good line? I think with uh, Rebel Diamond, though, where it is a greatest hits, that seems to be a uh, a lyric and a image that we often talk about, the tattoos of people. There's a lot of people that have the Rebel Diamond or stars like Rebel Diamond, kind of the, the lyric or uh, image tattooed with killers tattoos. So I think that's something that, as a fan base, it hits a lot more than direct hits, I guess, so to speak, or direct hit, hits too, or, or whatever. So <laughs> I, I think it was a uh, a good move. The first image of the uh, of the uh, roulette wheel as well. Um, I'm I'm a bit of a degenerate, Jimmy, as you may know, but I don't know if all the the, the listeners do or care, but. I, I like that image too because it it's very Vegasy. It gives you the feel of that. It's uh, also fun fact that it's a European uh, roulette wheel where it only has mm-hmm. one one green uh, zero, not not the double green zero. That's getting deep. So it might have some nods over to uh, the folks across the pond. Not only Vegas, but a European feel there. So 
that was kind of my first reaction when I saw it is not, not only is it connecting to Las Vegas, but it's connecting to, uh, the Euro, a little, a little food for thought there or something. I was definitely surprised when the video started coming out 20 days ago, uh, one a day with some of the band members talking about it. Because like I said, when I, when they announced it, I thought it was just going to be, uh, record label wants us to do it. So we'll do it and make some more money and they'll make some more money and we'll move on and, Especially after, you know, the interview we talked about probably in August that was kind of concerning about the future of the band and what they're, what are they going to do? Who's going to, who's going to be along for the ride? And to have this, to have all the band members team who are bought into this celebration of uh, these songs and taking turns giving input on them. Uh, especially when we started out with some from Dave and Mark right out of the gate. Uh, we didn't hear from, from Ronnie for a while, but to hear those guys give their inputs on these songs when it felt like they've been pretty distant from the band lately kind of helped me see that, you know, this is a big deal for the band. It's not just what well, it might've been the river ripple label, the record labels idea from the get go, but the band is bought in and, and they're all participating. And that was great to see. I think uh, it's more of a celebration of the 20 years, more than just the greatest hits album. I think if it was just uh, Grace Hits, we're going to put it out. You guys are just going to do it, and that's what it was. Uh, you might have that, but where it's like 20 years, that's a, I mean, that is a pretty big feat for, for a band. Uh, a lot of bands start off and can't get off the ground or, or tour. You know, you might be lucky to get one or two albums, and, and you're gone. So uh, 20 years is an accomplishment, and uh, the videos and things that start coming out, I think showed, I don't know, there's kind of a, a feeling, depending on which fan base you listen to or hear from, that uh, Mark's kind of distanced himself and doesn't care, or, or Dave's off doing whatever, and what, I, I think they care. Uh, I think there's a better relationship there than maybe what people might have perceived. Uh, Brandon talked about in that Apple interview with it being kind of the revolving door. Uh, they might want, not want to go on tour all the time, but I, I think they're still proud of the music they've produced, and and what's behind that and the stories there. So uh, when we were talking to, to Ryan Party um, about this time last year, uh, go back and listen to it if you're interested in, in any of uh, the uh, Santa stuff. <laughs> uh, he kind of talked about how Mark's not one to suffer fools, I think was was the lyric, uh, or the lyric was the line that he used. Uh, I think personality-wise, Brandon talks about in, in one of those uh, uh, talking bits, vignettes, whatever you want to call them, Mark showed... Uh, some enthusiasm and stuff uh, to uh, be still. I think there's just personalities, and you might read or see something online of uh, how just Mark just doesn't care, or he's off doing his own thing, or he might have an interview where he says some stuff that doesn't sound necessarily like he's behind what's going on, or, or whatever, you know. I think it's just kind of more mysterious, or more of uh, his personalities. I mean, we've, we've heard uh, people that went drinking in the bars and stuff with him of just He's kind of a tough nut to crack to get underneath that shell. I think there's a, maybe he doesn't want to be vulnerable or, or something like that. We all know people kind of like this in, in the real world that we live in. You know, they might be hard to read or whatever, but it doesn't mean that they're not damn with what you're doing. You're not proud of what they've accomplished or not a part of it. It's just not their personality to go out there and say, hey, I'm a founding member of the Killers. Remember me? Like, Mr. Brightside was, uh, you know, I put the group together. Like, that's not who he is, and that's not what he's doing. And, and going forward, I don't think we're going to get that. But in these interviews and things, it's it's interesting to see and hear from him about things that he's done and been a part of and, and what he thinks of it. 
um, as well as different stories from the different members about, I mean, Mark comes up quite a bit, you know, whether it's his, his car catching on fire or putting down bass lines or, or whatever. I think he's a foundation to the band as far as it might not be the biggest shiny, like you see Brandon running all over the stage and stuff might be the, the shiny rooftop where you drive by a house and you think, man, that's an awesome look at that. You know, it's got weather vanes and uh, I don't know. I don't know what's neat about houses, but you don't really look down at the foundation and say that thing's built to last. And I think Mark is a very uh, in, uh, important part of, of putting that foundation down. As well as Dave, he's had his own projects and different things. I, I think he's enjoying his, his family life and, and doing what he's doing. But uh, I don't think it's anything against the fans. I think sometimes they take it personally when the whole band's not on tour together. Or Dave's not, he's only doing Europe shows or whatever. He doesn't, if you were that same situation, you might love your job, but if you don't have to do it every day and you can go focus on other spots of your life that give you more fulfillment or where you want to be, who wouldn't do that? You know, we'd, we'd all kind of be there. I guess Ronnie and, and Brandon are the ones that wouldn't do that. I can kind of relate more to that of, yeah, I'll come out when I want to or when I'm feeling that itch or want to do it, but then when I'm done, I'm done. I'm going to go take my break and uh, I'll, I'll catch up. I still want to produce. I'm still proud of what we've done. So I think sometimes we just kind of get bored and read a lot of th- situations that aren't there. And, you know, we start putting things on the internet or start reading things and then, oh man, they're going to break up and they all hate each other and they can't put up with Brandon's ego or his work ethic or they don't want to work and Brandon's trying to force them and Mark's leaving. And then you see this come out and you got all this stuff and it might be a little record hype and and fluff, but those guys don't have to do it. They could say, no, we don't want to participate. So you're not going to force Mark to sit down and and talk about the killers if he doesn't want to. He's going to get the paycheck whether or not he participates in that uh, as far as whatever he's been credited to and, and Dave and so forth. So that was a long ramble, Jimmy, but I think uh, it was good to see him. There might have been a lot more speculated than what actually happened. I think it's more a lot more amicable than, than what a lot of people might have thought that came to an agreement. Uh, we got Jake, we got Ted, we got Robbie that can go out and tour. But when it comes down to it, uh, these are our four founding members and they're welcome to come back anytime they want and do whatever they want and leave whatever they want and and that way you're not tied down or feel like you're obligated yeah i'm guessing there was a time when uh there's probably a time when the relationship was really complicated and they were trying to figure out how to make it work i think they're well past uh on the other side of that and it's a lot more simple where we've lived it now we know how it can work and how we want it to work i think there's probably a lot of drama behind it but it's i think it's probably pretty far in the past but some of my favorites have been about um, one of the good things about this compilation the new greatest hits it includes a couple pressure machine songs which is good for us and there's an episode or an episode there's one of the videos where brandon talks about the starlight motel because he talked a lot about you know he said he was trying to find a story that he hadn't already shared and he talks about how uh, in the music video for quiet town the creator of the music video, the animator, put in the sign from the Starlight Motel, which has been painted over and the motel's gone, but he found an old picture that I've shared on our Instagram, but Brandon shares about how his parents managed the hotel for the motel for a summer. And he talks about going back and forth between spending his day at the golf course and going back home and some of his memories from that time. And, you know, that was... Something that I didn't know when we started the podcast, I knew Starlight Motel was part of... So the Starlight, the Starlight Motel is referenced in a song lyric, and it's referenced in the music video. And I had learned, since we've done the podcast, about Brandon's family's 
connection to the the motel, but I didn't. I've never heard it come from his mouth. I don't think so. That was cool to hear in one of these little snippets that they they posted leading up to the album. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, we hear a lot of stories, and we've heard a lot of stories uh, about uh, Brandon or his family or what they did or or that kind of thing. And every now and again, a nugget like that will come out. Uh, we don't necessarily go and vet everything, uh, depending who we hear it from or whatever. I think that one came from John and when we were interviewing him, so I knew that was probably, I mean, there's no reason John's making that up, and he probably heard it directly from Brandon, so uh, that that one's obviously true, but it is when you get confirmation from Brandon. There's other things we've heard that we don't need to go into, but you're like, well, considering the source and, and the story, we've never heard anything like that. That's There's no way that's that's possible, but yeah, stuff like that that comes up, and then if you grew up in Nephi, which a few of you did, but not a lot of you listening, it's kind of surreal to have a thing um, like the Starlight referenced. Uh, you drive down Main Street, and especially back in these days, there's a lot of older buildings and signs, and the Starlight, it just stuck out. And it was uh, from, you know, an earlier time when Nephi's Main Street before the highway, freeway, I-15 came through, and people have to drive through Nephi, and it was kind of a stopping spot where a lot of people would stay, and you had... I mean, it was kind of like this heyday of, of people would stop and spend their money, and we had hotels and restaurants, and heard from, like, family members, my parents and stuff growing up that were there at that time. Uh, it was not wild, but it was kind of, for, for Nephi, it was a lot different. Like, they'd go down to the hotel and try to flirt with girls that were from out of town. We never had opportunities like that. So uh, you see a sign from the starlight, and it talks to me or images a different bygone era and time. But also for Nephi, it's like a more prosperous time uh, to where now it's uh, painted over and it's, uh, it's the sign's still there at least uh, for for a dance um, uh, company, which is kind of cool that they've kept the sign and kept it going. But it's just it's weird how things like that progress and change and evolve. Uh, but then to hear Brandon go back and reference that and in that same interview, he said they didn't tell the guy any of that story or how. Uh, his family had managed that. So to me, there's stuff like that that's kind of special that for whatever reason, um, be it the universe or whatever, it comes together. And that video is really, uh, really special. Um, I remember the first time I saw it. It, it. For for those of us that grew up again in Nephi, like it's surreal. It's unlike anything that I thought I would ever see in my life. And I, I, I still, um, you know, even when we referenced it, I thought, oh, yeah, there's a video out there with a family, uh, you know, a, a father and a mother hugging in front of this sign that I used to see every day as I drove up and down Main Street uh, that's like a killer's video. What what world? What a time to live, Jimmy. I don't know. It, it's, it, that, it's kind of special. So along with what you're saying, the pressure machine stuff being included in here uh, feels special, and, and I do think it gives it another opportunity for people to kind of just didn't give it a try or listen to at least hear some of these songs. Hopefully they look into it a little more. Maybe they listen to the podcast and see why it's special to us and why it's special to Brandon. Uh, but that's just me coming from a, a totally uh, one-sided account. of I, I love the town where we grew up and, and the stories come from there. Yeah, it's cool to have a little uh, piece of your childhood memories that is part of somebody else's and becomes public and it's not a huge deal, but um, it's kind of cool to see it broadcasted and remind you of those times. But uh, the other one that I wanted to mention was the 
the 20th video of the 20 that came out today. Uh, today is release day as we're recording. It'll probably be a few weeks from now when you hear it, but um, the the full four-minute video of Brandon talking about the album and some of the songs on it. Um, there's a part where he talks about Nephi and growing up on the dusty streets, being free and innocent, and uh, before some of the major uh, hillbilly heroin issues, <laughs> and how well, once those hit the town and overran the town, I think he says they took some of those friends that he used to hang out with with him, with it. You know, then it moves on, but, you know, it's cool again to see see him talk about that time in his life and remember the times we spent there and times we had him innocent and free in the West Hills. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and that's, that's the thing. For us, it's totally relatable. Like, we, we often wonder why Mr. Brightside is so relatable with people over in uh, the UK, and it just clicks. And that's one of those things that just clicks, but... Uh, for us, obviously, it's not hard to connect the dots of why we connect to that and, and Lovely Town and, and that album and those songs. But yeah, I can't I can't relate to someone whose girlfriend cheated on him. I mean, if you guys can, that's great. But I I feel it, I Jimmy's never been cheated upon. I relate more with the he was the dumper dumper in Mississippi. You should see him if you haven't seen Jimmy. He's a beautiful man, a beautiful <laughs> man. Never had a heartbreak. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be going down the the whole pressure machine if I'm not careful. But you open up in the West Hills, got this religious thing. You got people judging you based on that religion or or what you do or don't do. You have you know people that use, and, and these are all things that can be applied everywhere. But you got like cops, the bathing beauty parade, cops with their with their power and trying to control things, and you got people fooling around and. Uh, but when you can put faces and you can put stories and you can put images and you can put the the, the canyon, uh, you know, I, I can when you can visualize that, uh, because, again, that's where you grew up. And that when he's talking about those dusty streets again, we never had this from Brandon. Like he was hiding this part of himself <laughs> for years. And yet me and Jimmy texting each other. And analyzing every song like we've been telling you guys on the podcast, but we were doing this uh, somewhat internally, you know, off and on for years. And we've been talking about the dusty streets. He's been talking about yeah. Main Street, but Track Street. But everybody, nobody thinks, knew what it was. Everybody thinks they're Vegas and the Main Street Station, and then dusty streets obviously have to do with the desert. And me and Jimmy are saying, "Oh, but wait, but but no, but but Track Street, but we need some validation." Yeah, and so uh, we go to see live, and and there's nothing, and and so for this to come out, it's just one of those weird things that just doesn't happen. I mean, Nephi has what, six, seven thousand residents right now. Uh take it back uh I'll say twenty years. It was probably more than that. Twenty, twenty five years. Maybe four or five thousand people for there to be an album about you're growing up in the small town in the middle of Utah. This little rebel diamond of this a little rebel diamond of a town. Just doesn't happen, and the odds of Brandon making it, let alone making an album about the place. So that's why I think it's so special to us. Whereas, I mean, if you're from New York, uh, Frank Sinatra and everybody else is saying about New York and Jay Z and whoever. If you're in L.A., it's the cool place to be from. Uh, Las Vegas, you have like we don't have that kind of a thing. So to get that representation and opportunity uh, to hear songs that we connected to is really special. Uh, for that to be included in this Rebel Diamonds album, 
where they could put any song that they put out in the last 20 years. Uh, it just feels good for us. So obviously me and Jimmy go off and on about this for a long time because that's where we connect. Um, but some of the other, other tracks and stuff like that, like like Be, Be Still and do like that they found a, a spot on this new thing. Because a lot of people, when you get introduced to a band or you get into music, you're going to go by the, the greatest hit. That's the first thing is like, well, what should I listen to? And you go find the best of or the greatest hits of the Doors or, or the B-52s or whoever you're into, and you hear the hits, and that might be your only exposure to them. So uh, with direct hits, you have similar feel. Uh, but with this, you kind of get a little a little twist, and so for those to be included, I like it, Jimmy. Yeah, well, it starts with Jenny was a friend of mine. You can't go wrong with an album like that. Yeah, so I don't know, going down the, the concept of the album, uh, I don't know how long they were putting it together. It felt kind of rushed, and like the album... Uh, was rushed and the studio made it put it out for 20 years and they had this whole um, different idea than what the band had but now looking at it maybe that wasn't the case maybe that was just read into or I don't know they got a lot of talented people that put this together fast I'm, I'm not sure which it was uh, but they talked about um, in some of those uh, vignette things as well that the band kind of had to figure out what songs they wanted to include and that there's a little uh, turmoil or certain things that had to get left off because they wanted to do 20 for 20 years that, I don't know, I kind of like that, that it was a collaboration. It wasn't just, oh, here's 20 songs. We like these 20 songs. It covers what hasn't been out there and some that has, and I'm, I'm sure everybody will like it. It was actually something that thought and effort went into and uh, deliberation. Uh, if everybody just agrees on everything, then somebody really doesn't care and they're just phoning it in. So I like that there was not necessarily conflict, but that there was... Discussion, discussion, and debate about something, right? If if me and Jimmy just say what we're going to talk about today, we agree this is great. Nobody cares, you know. You get listen and like, oh, okay. But when you have a different of opinion or you see something a different way, you share your opinion and somebody shares theirs. There's something to gain for everybody from that. And I think that's the same with the album of me and Jimmy love the Pressure Machine stuff. Some people might enjoy that Jimmy was a friend of mine, and somebody else is going to like, boy, I whatever. It doesn't make. Any one of us right, it's just different perspectives, and, and when we get together and talk, uh, you can say, well, this is why I think that collaborates and fits well with the theme of the, the 20 years. I don't know. I, I just like that they didn't phone it in and, and take the, uh, we have to do this, the record company's making us do this, we want to do this, and um, they're not going to let us, so who cares? You know, a lot of time in life, or you'll go to people's work, and like, how's it going today? It's... Same job, different day, and they don't care. There's a lot of uh, just phoning it in in life. And uh, I guess we're not all rock stars and on tour and, and living that, but they're to a point where they could easily do that. They could just say, we're going to go tour, we're going to do you know, these songs, and they can make a great living and, and do that. But there doesn't seem to be that apathy. Um, there's still desire and progress and, and an evolution, so... I appreciate that, especially doing the podcast. We get to cover it. Really be boring if we said, well, they're going to do this set list that they've done for the last 20 years, and it's not going to be changed up at all. This is where Brandon's going to pop up, and he's going to say this line, and then everybody's going to react, and then he's going to play this song. Like, it, it's nice that things evolve. Yeah, there's been a couple other things come out uh, with the album that's worth that are worth your time to look into or read or listen to if you are interested to know more and to hear some of these interviews. Uh, there was one uh, that came out today or last night with Zach Lowe uh, from Apple Music. 
and it's like an hour-long interview, and they talk about some of the songs, they talk about religion for a while. Uh, it's a really good in-depth interview, and Zach Lowe knows his stuff, and he's a really, really good interview, really good interviewer. I can't even talk. That's how good I am at it. But uh, then there was another, there was an article that came out in the New York Times. I haven't been able to read it because I can't get through the paywall, but uh, it's about Mr. Brightside. I've had that sent to me by some people and, and seen it going around. And then there was another one. I think it was uh, from The Guardian. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I just I saw some clips of the on YouTube, but or sorry, on Instagram. There was uh, an outlet that asked for questions uh, that people wanted to ask the band, and then they chose some of them, and they asked the band on behalf of these people. And one of them was Larky, 18, from Reddit. So that was that was cool to see her get on there. But um, you know, it was it was interesting to see those answers. That's another another one you can go find. But yeah, I, like Derek said, since we last had an episode come out before our little break we did, there's quite a few things have come out. There's been interviews and obviously the album and all these these 20 videos. We've got some concerts coming up in the summer. Sounds like from the few hints we've gotten, there's going to be an anniversary tour of some sort. I'm guessing we'll get some more U.S. shows probably in the fall and maybe even some really small venues. So We'll see. Keep our fingers crossed for uh, for something local for us. And I'm just gonna shut up and not try to say anything. Well, there you gotta make it. You gotta will it into existence. I I hope. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. I I have no reason to have high hopes, but I got high hopes. I got I got the spirit. Yeah. Um. I, I want it to be true. I want it to be true. <laughs> I uh, I think. We'll get to a point to where we come back and might go more in depth about this. Obviously, first thoughts and stuff. We probably won't go track by track because by that time <laughs> we'll have covered all these. But I think maybe we go down the the videos a little more in depth about probably not an episode per video, but uh, maybe more of a collaboration at the time and how it's played out. Because uh, by the time we get there, it's going to be uh, a while down the road, uh, and so we could have a little more uh, perspective, or we can look back at it a little bit and say. You know, at the time, we kind of thought this, and now look at that, and, and that kind of thing. But it's an exciting time to be a Killers fan. Uh, it's an exciting time to be covering them. Seems like, you know, every couple months there's something imminent that's going to happen or, or doesn't happen, and then people wonder if that's the announcement, is this the announcement? Uh, you know, how much are tickets? I can't believe they're charging that much. I can't believe this place is sold out. I can't believe this is this great of a deal. I can't believe they're coming here. I can't believe they're going there. Do they really do that in Georgia? That was the country Georgia, not the state Georgia. This kid drummed for. I mean, there's always stuff. So uh, we appreciate. You know, they're already writing something. They're already working on writing the next thing. Well, I, I, that's the thing. I think Brandon's got a whole other album. Uh, maybe not a whole album. But Brandon's got a lot more wrote, uh, whether or not it's been produced or if it's going to be Brandon or the Killers or a combination of some of him and some of them. Who knows? And that that's exciting, uh, especially with what's been coming out uh, content-wise and lyrically and, and musically. Here's my thing. The Killers need a Grammy, Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, obviously, you're not going to get one for the greatest hits, I don't think. But they they need they need a they need a Grammy. And in the next 20 years, if Brandon's got 20 years left in him, I'm not going to I'm not going to stop. They need a they need a Grammy because there's a lot less talented people with a lot more Grammys than <laughs> the Killers. That's my that's yeah. my hill to die on well, today. Twenty years from now, maybe they'll at least get a lifetime achievement award, if not 
recognition for something specific they've done. But I think uh, I'm interested to see what happens in the next few months. I'm interested to see what kind of airplay that Spirit might get on the radio, if any, and see how it's received by the fan base. You know, I've seen a lot of initial reactions, but like you said, it's a fun time to be following the band. So we're excited to see where that goes and what, what we have to see in the future and hope you join us on that journey. And that's another episode down from Lonely Time.